Welcome to True Independent Media, Real News Live. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be across this beautiful blue-green globe of ours. Welcome to Saturday Night Live. I'm your host, Mike Barra in Seattle, Washington, uh, and I'm joined by the usual crew here tonight. That man over there diagonally down from me, kitty corner from me, somewhere east of California, is TV's Blake Wally. Blake, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. It's great to be here, Mike. And Great, and great to have you here. Great to have you here, too. And the lady to my immediate left, stage right, is, of course, the lovely, the talented, the intelligent, the super smart, the woman who gives you more information than you could possibly even want, Candace Whitelight, somewhere in Montana. Candace, how are you this weekend? Uh, very good. Thank you for the uh, <laughs> glowing introduction. And I just want to say everybody is doing good, so... Thank Those you. Those are supposed to be compliments. All right. And, of course, the last but definitely not least, member of the crew for Saturday night is the amazing, the man who you cannot spend four hours in a car with without coming away smarter, Dr. Brooks Agnew, somewhere in the Carolinas. Brooks, how are you tonight, man? Absolutely fantastic. A great Holy Week so far, and it's yep. uh, been very, very pleasant. Yeah, and I'd like to uh, also extend my best Good Friday and Easter wishes to everyone across this beautiful blue-green globe of ours. Welcome and great to have you guys here. Okay, I want to start with a couple things. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a monologue, but first, let's find out what everybody is drinking. I am drinking, by the way, Blake, I did find a couple of my Alaskan amber, amber beers for my birthday a year ago. Still good. Drank one the other night on Whiskey and Wisdom with the uh, original Mark Z. And tonight I am drinking a Red Hook ESB Extra Special Bitter out of a can. Just picked it up yesterday, and I'm going to pour that sucker while Candace tells us what she's drinking. Probably something healthy, <laughs> right, Candace? <laughs> it is always something healthy. Um, I'm going with the kombucha tonight, and I have one called Sacred Life. And it's bright blue because it has spirulina in it. How's that sound? What what is Firialina? What is, what is that? Uh, it's a very healthy um, plant, basically that they use for um, you know all sorts of uh, good health things, and I I think it has uh, a very high ingredient of um, you know kind of green stuff, and it turns blue because you put it in with uh, green tea, and you get a blue substance. So it's well, like, uh, very um, good. I like grains and vegetables, especially hops. So uh, that right now, I'm digging that. Christian Helwig, nice to see you in here. You fuckers won the game today. But uh, that's what happens when we got to put out a fourth B team, whatever. Brooks, what are you drinking tonight? That Sorry, that was the English FA Cup we are talking about. Brooks, what are you drinking tonight there in North Carolina? I, I forgot to bring something. I, I, I didn't get anything. Well, all right. I'm dry, well, we can I'm dry tonight. 
we can we can let you slip away later if you want to go get a drink later, <laughs> some scotch or something. Yeah, for you guys, well, if you don't know, great. I'm 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 regularly doing whiskey and wisdom with the original Mark Z, who is into the QFS and financial reset stuff on Thursday nights. We actually don't talk about that very much. We talk about a whole bunch of other things. I see Candace is posting over on Telegram. Uh, I caught you, Candace. But um, that's a great fun show, and I'm going to have Mark <laughs> on uh, Tuesday. <laughs> oh. What happened? Oh, we lost we lost Blake, but Blake will be back. There he is. He's back. Blake stepped. Did Blake step out? No. Uh, I was yep. about to get to Blake. <laughs> Blake Blake apparently stepped out to go get something to drink. What are What are you drinking tonight, Blake? No, I was going to reboot my modem. I thought it was uh, offline again. So. Oh yeah, no, okay, you're, you seem to be on. doing good. You seem to be doing really good. Uh, okay, so. first of all, um, did we already ask you what you were drinking? Box wine. <laughs> on the same box of wine. It's been a couple of weeks. So I'm a little scared. I hope it's not vinegar by now, but no, no, no. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like you. When I'm not doing a show, I generally don't drink. Although I did drink in Edinburgh, Texas, at the Edinburgh UFO Festival. I drank every single night. I got stuck there. I think you guys, some of you guys know the story. I got stuck there for a couple of days. Uh, American kept canceling flights. Candace, I think I'm going to talk to you about what's going on there, or maybe Brooks. But that was uh, that was kind of unpleasant. But um, I had a great time, and I would love to go back. So hopefully next year I will be back at Edinburgh at the Edinburgh UFO Festival. It was wonderful, and you guys know me. I love my brunettes, and every single girl there is a brunette. Every single like <laughs> like a hundred out of a hundred are brunettes. How many Libras? Yeah. Oh, well, that's the other issue too. Is yeah, how many of them were Libras? Uh, wouldn't be that hard for me to. So that's the next Mrs. Barra and Burnett Libra. Edinburgh is way down south, almost to the tip of Texas, um, and just about an hour away from the Gulf Coast. So it's uh, it's it's a there's a UFO crash there apparently, or an incident back in 1966, which they are now becoming famous for. Um, excuse me, the case only really came to light in 2012, but there are people still alive who remember the incident and talked to the people involved. So it's a very fascinating story and one that I really like. Yeah, it's fairly, it's about an hour from Brownsville. I understand about an hour. So, you know, it was great, great trip. I had a little trouble getting back. And I, and again, I want to talk, I want to talk, you know, tell that story to Brooks and Candace and everybody because it's Easter on how I got home. But before that, I also want to address something else that's been going on on my Telegram chat, which is this whole thing with this guy, Phil Godlowski. Now, Phil is um, is a guy that I, I don't take 100% seriously, and I never have. Um, uh, Zeke says, I'm a Libra, but a brunette, wrong plumbing. <laughs> yeah, you're a dude, not going to work. Uh, not going to work for me. Um, but he's had some good intel. Uh, on a couple of occasions and he's confirmed stuff that Jen has heard from completely different sources. So pay attention to him. But the other night he had, I think it was Thursday, Wednesday, he had on this um, watch the water documentary. And the essence of watch the water is, um, is that COVID is a snake venom. It's not a virus. Okay. And I'm just gonna, just gonna tell you, I think that's bullshit. But he had it on and he talked about it. And he, you know, he pretended to be so upset because I always knew COVID was poison. And I've got to tell you, and Candace, I don't want to get you mad here, but I'm just going to give you what I think and I'm going to let you talk me out of it. <laughs> I don't trust Stu Peters 
or this doctor artist guy farther than I could throw them. And right now my back isn't so good and I couldn't throw them very hard. I, their whole, the whole video to me was completely rehearsed. It was fake. And I'm watching this and I'm watching Phil's fake reaction. And at the end of it, I'm thinking to myself, there's a product coming out of this. I don't believe it for a second. I think the whole premise is absurd. Um, I do, I, I'm down with the possibility that there's snake venom DNA sequences in the vaccines and in remdesivir. I'm fine with all that. But the idea that it was spread by polluting the water, I think I'm just going to say is bullshit. And I think both Stu Peters and Dr. Artist knew it was bullshit. And I don't trust either one of them. I trusted Phil a little more. But then sure enough, last night, Friday, Phil comes on and guess what? Within two days, he's got a whole website and a, a whole setup, company setup, to sell water filters that will filter out anything, including radiation. So, and then everybody in my chat's like, well, I told you, Phil. Phil's a fraud. Phil's a, Phil did this. Phil did that. And, you know, Phil's got a, Phil's got a record. Yeah, you know, Phil pleaded to some, like, minor misdemeanor thing Rough, 10 yeah. years ago, 12 years ago and wrote a bad check or his wife, accused, you know, it's like people have problems in their personal lives. But look, I had to ban people off my chat because look, I don't know how you guys feel about it with your personal space, but my, my chat, my Facebook, my Instagram is, is for people to connect with me and talk about things I like to talk about. It's not for bashing other people. And so, and there's something about this guy, Phil, that just pisses a lot of people. Oh, I knew he was a fraud. I knew he was fake. You know, you're so stupid, Mike. And I'm just like, hey, look, you know what? You're going to get banned. So I banned three or four people. Probably turns out it was the same guy going over and over again. But I'm just going to tell you, my site's are not for you to attack other people. If you don't like Phil, go to Phil's chat and tell him you don't like him. Don't do it on MySpace, okay? Don't. I, I'm gonna knock you off. I'm gonna ban you. Uh, in addition to that, um, do I think he's completely honest? No. Do I think he has good intel? Yes, sometimes he does. And I'm just gonna add, Candace. I think this is a good time to discuss the Cobra water. And I'm just gonna tell you, Drinking water, it's been filtered through my zero water filter, which, according to the experts, is not good enough. No, I don't still have my <laughs> uh, Not dead. Still not dead. Still drinking water. Still not dead. Okay, Candace, I know you probably want to check <laughs> on, that, on this. Please go ahead. And, and uh, you know, again, I, I, I'm fine with the whole idea that the vaccines and this other stuff have some components of snake venom, but the idea that our water's polluted, I think is BS. Take the floor, it's all yours. And then we'll go to Brooks. Um, basically, I, I listened to it and I'm sure everybody did. Um, I actually thought there was a, a lot of validity to what he had to say. It was a really well-researched destructor artist, okay? Yeah. We're not gonna talk about Stu Peters because I could give a rat's flying, you know what? about Stu Peters. He's kind of a secessionalist. And and actually in the show that um, Dr. Artis, who's a chiropractor, by the way, and who has yeah. done a lot of research on this over the last four years. So um, his theory, I think, stands up. Now, when he talked to Ann Bandersteel with Still Truth, and then he talked to uh, Scott McKay after that, 
Um, He said both times that there were some things that were said by Stu in terms of prompting him, and then they cut out some of the background. So you were well within your rights to take people off. I mean, I believe that with all my heart is that when we have a site, we can determine who is, you know, on the chat. That's simple. Everybody just wanted to bash Phil Godlewski. And it's like, look, I get it. I I understand. But but Phil's also nailed some shit. So uh, as long as he once in a while nails something, I'm going to keep paying attention to him. And it's like people are like, oh, you know, they just go to these extremes. And here's why it bothers me, Candace. Sorry. I'm sorry you brought it up again and I interrupt. But it bothers me because, look, if they do this to him, guess who they're going to be doing it to next? Me. The first time I disappoint them, the first time I tell them I heard a rumor that Trump is coming back tomorrow and it doesn't happen, guess who's going to be the fraud then? Me. Even though I never said he's coming back tomorrow, I said (laughs) I heard a rumor he's coming back tomorrow. So the precision of language is really important to me. And and these people just kept distorting things and, and bullshitting. I mean, he put up some ads for a product called Metacore. That were, he says they're his friends. He copy and paste the ads. He says, I've never taken it. I'm not taking it. I don't know if it's good or not, but I'm putting these ads on my site so that my friends can have access to, to, to my audience. Just like I'm trying to do with New Gen Crypto. I don't know if New Gen's gonna gonna go to the moon. Might, it might not, but you know, I'm doing it because they they gave they gave me a deal to do it. So I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I advocate this. So he never said it's going to cure cancer if you take Medicore. And then these guys run some ad with Donald Trump sitting there talking to Dr. Oz, of all people, saying that he endorsed Medicore. And that's fraud. I'm like, it's not fraud. Phil said, I'm just copying and pasting my friend's ads. That's the same shit they're going to do to me. They constantly, and I hate to use this excuse, take me out of context to go after me or just omit or distort what I actually said. So anyway, Candace, that gets under my skin. Now I want to get to the meat of of Dr. Artis and Stu. I, I just didn't trust any, I didn't just didn't trust either. My instincts told me this is scripted. This is not sincere. Well, you know, you talk about scripted stuff. Um, you know, this is, is going to be script, no matter how you look at it, because when you do research, you have to really look at all the varied points of research. And what I liked about personally um, was the presentation where he actually talked about the uh, uh, father-in-law that he lost. And he also came up later on with a very compelling um research that there really was and is founded in science, and mm-hmm. that is uh, venom research. So it, I don't think anybody could consider this. And, you know, then we went into that uh, kind of gradiated area that I love to go to, actually, which is uh, um, the serpent, the story of the serpent and the yeah. way that the uh, Bible covers that kind of process. And, and it just made sense. I mean, I I happen to work with somebody who is constantly called a fraud, so don't even get me started. But, um, you know, when you are working with that combination of science, uh, biblical truth, and then numbers, which is really, you know, the whole shimoli, uh, we have to really be kind about this. And that is lacking right now in everything. And that is where media stands. 
That is where <clears throat> what we're seeing in front of us is uh, taking place, you know, on the public stage. It's also in our homes and in our relationships. And about everything that you can imagine right now is <clears throat> coming to a point of uh, uh, being very contestant of of saying my facts are better than your facts and you're wrong, you're right, you're a fraud, you're a whatever. And it, it really, everybody sit down and take a deep breath because this really doesn't matter. In the big picture of things, I've got to say for myself, it's, it's, a, it's like navigating a, um, you know, a, a course of uh, a very difficult, um, um, you know, things to jump over and go under, and then it starts raining and it's muddy and you've got the wrong shoes on. So, you know, it's just the case that I don't think we can figure it out at this point. And I want to know what Brooks's opinion is. Yeah. Um, Brooks, let me throw it to you real quick. Um, everything I know about COVID indicates it's a genetically engineered virus and it spreads like a virus and it can be treated like a virus with ivermectin. Hi, Barkley. Um, what do you think about this whole thing? I assume you know, or you've seen Watch the Water, or you've heard about the Cobra Venom thing. Yeah, I, I've seen uh, all the interviews, uh, the one on uh, Patriot Street Fighter, etc. cetera. Uh, the thing I like about artists, I like his thought process. I'm kind of autistic the way he is. And I like the way it unfolded, the way he kind of told the story, how one thing led to another, led to another. Because there were, there were and there are some questions about COVID and about the treatment of it in the hospitals that we never have been able to connect the dots about. In my opinion, what happened was this interview on Stu Peters wasn't live. It was recorded. And by the time Stu Peters got done, uh, shall I say, mixing it down, it was called Watch the Water. Now, Stu Peters picked up that phrase from Q and put it as the title and gave it professional graphics and everything. Trump followers picked up on that and it spread. It went viral. It went super viral. But I watched it critically. And there were some questions that artists answered for me in the beginning. The one was, why don't kids get this? And the answer was they have a high level of melatonin in their system. And that counteracts the effects of these peptides. It wasn't really the venom. It was the peptides in the venom. That's why Dr. Burkhart asked him, if you got bit by a snake, would you go to the hospital and get anti-venom? And that clued him in to start the investigation, and he couldn't give the trail up, and one thing led to another, and he went through 10 years of patents and research and papers and everything, and it started to hit him like a ton of bricks because the successful hospitals, including President Trump, they were treated for COVID, were treated with monoclonal antibodies. Yes. And he said, yeah. you know how you get the antibodies? You jab a horse with the snake venom. They produce the antibodies, and that's where you get the monoclonal antibodies, and that's how they're fighting it. And, and that's also where you get antivenom. Well, yeah, also, well, they, they have not been able to isolate the virus anywhere from anybody. What they have isolated repeatedly all over the place are these peptides. And these peptides are unique 
to snake venom. That's what clued me in on. Now that's biochemistry. I understand that part. Yeah. Where it got kind of as as Candace says, you know, in the rain with the wrong shoes and the mud, is how did they get the body to make those peptides? It wasn't the loading our body with peptides. That's very hard to do. Peptides are very delicate uh, proteins. They don't uh, survive out in in atmosphere or in water at all. They dissolve. But how do you get the human body to make the peptides? In the gain of function, when they modified the virus to go from whatever it was, the ordinary flu, which humans spread very easily every single year, how do you modify that macrophage where it carries mRNA that teaches human cells how to make those peptides? And the other question was, and this was, has bothered everybody that I know in the business, how is it only 5% of the people in hospitals suffering from COVID are smokers? Because those brain receptors in the medulla that control the diaphragm are competitively inhibited by nicotine. Okay. So they are loaded with nicotine and the peptides can't hook up because there's not enough sites available because the nicotine has those sites. In biology, we call it competitive inhibition. So yeah, um, Nicole from Australia says she's been chewing nicotine gum and feels fantastic. She's trying to convince me to start chewing nicotine gum. Uh, well, you know, the point is, I, I think that artists... It helps in other ways. I think artists was blindsided when Stu Peters called it Watch the Water. Everybody was focused on the water and not on the gain of function, which is what they should be focused on. Okay. And I think that they go. <clears throat> yeah. pointed us in the right direction. But I think it was way sensationalized by Stu Peters. He's very pleased with himself. He's done uh -huh. another fantastic production that has made him a household name. And uh, yes, Dr. Artis sells a bunch of products on his website, uh, like uh, Quercetin and Vitamin C and all this great stuff. But virtually all chiropractors sell that stuff. My chiropractor sells that stuff. So I well, just think Artis made a good discovery, and I think it scares the hell out of the people that designed this virus. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I, uh, I don't have a problem with anybody making a buck. I don't have a problem with Dr. Artis making a buck, with Phil making a buck. Uh, I think Stu Peters, at least, and Phil got together because Phil has an audience of a lot of people. I mean, a lot. I don't know if it's in the millions like he says it is, but it's a lot of people. And they made a deal. And they had, you know, the fact that they had this website up in two days to sell these water filters after the, I, I, maybe art, Dr. Artis was not in on it with Phil and Stu Peters, but I'm pretty positive Phil and Stu Peters were not, which doesn't change the fact, Brooks, to your point, that the products that are sold, the vitamins and all that are good. Medical, I look at the ingredients in Medicor, there's no snake oil in that. That's all healthy vitamins and nutrients, stuff that you should be taking every day and it'll probably help your health. And these filters that they're selling, well, Phil says he had 4 million viewers tonight. But all these filters that they're selling, they all work for contaminated water. And they'll take out a lot more stuff than the average zero water filter is going gonna, is gonna to take. I don't so drink any unfiltered water. Yeah, well, me either. But I don't drink tap water at all. But these, these filters are the camping kind of filters, the ones that are super high level that will take out all kinds of things that aren't, even, you know, aren't on your typical list of of concerns with tap water. 
And he said, and they claim effectively would stop snake venom in the water. Blake, this whole thing is uh, fairly complex. You're looking very yeah. Christ-like today, with the beard <laughs> and the hair and the chocolate bunny <laughs> and the plaid shirt. So, yeah. uh, did you did you follow any? I'm not sure I did. Did you follow any of that? And what, what do you I want to know is what are those chocolate bunnies doing behind you? Yeah, did well they're making together. more bunnies. That's what bunnies Close. do. Did you oh. watch did you watch Watch the Water? Uh, that's my first. Question. I sure did because that was absolutely a huge. It was a huge news week for a number of reasons, and that was one right. of the big ones that came out Monday. It was supposed to come out last Friday, and I remember it because I, I did see uh, somebody shared on Telegram like I don't know a month ago or so when Stu Peters was first promoting that, and it, you know it was like freaking everybody out. It was like you know this watch the water thing, and so I'm like, oh my god, like what am I? gonna do because i used to you know certain times i used to get like water delivery and i get my like my sparklets and stuff like that now i just use a filter and i use the, the tap water which is terrible but once it goes to the filter it actually does you can taste the taste the difference and i feel a little bit better but when you see something like that and they're starting there's this blatant fear porn that there's gonna be like oh my god something in the water then they're leading up to something to do with snakes and then monday it hits and i you know i don't these are a lot of a new characters to me. So it's other kind of suspicious thing, whether it's Phil or Stu Peters that came out of nowhere in the last like year or two and all that they've exploded. They have great audiences. They're, they're, they're talented, interesting guys, but it's, you know, it's, it's a little suspicious. And I tried to give a lot of these people the benefit of the doubt. I think we do have a major credibility crisis with a lot of the people that we get our news from and who do we trust, all of that kind of stuff. Um, well, not this show. Not, no, not no, no, never, never. But um, yeah, there's something off with the stew. I kind of I've liked Doctor Artis a lot, but this was definitely very far fetched. And then I got, was like relieved. Okay, I watched it, and then it was oh, it wasn't really in the water so much as that they found it in the wastewater. And it was like oh, okay, yeah, just again, it was just total fear porn. And they're going to be selling the filters out of it. So I'm I'm a bit suspicious out of. Uh, from some of these people. So it's yeah. um, interesting. Well, what I, what I really, what, what angered me was when, and it wasn't it at uh, Dr. Artist, but it angered me that three months before the outbreak of COVID, uh, a bunch of money and a directive to those bio labs in Ukraine uh, were sent to work on uh, the coronavirus, yeah. to work on COVID-19. And then, mm -hmm. next, you know, 90 days later, here we have this outbreak in China. It's like, who, Too coincidental. who is our government? What the hell is going on? Yeah. Well, I mean, what's going on is that our government and people like Fauci, who work for the deep state, have been creating and funding these labs to create bioweapons to enslave the world. That's what's going on. And it's and and. Today, that doesn't sound very crazy, does it? I mean, it, no. it used to, but it sure we're, we're at war. We're at war with the fascists. Right. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner we can marshal forces against it and defeat it. Yep. Yep. Uh, I actually don't think that Fauci had anything to do with the Ukraine guys. Um, this is all a process that was run through the DOD. And uh, this has to do with money that was being filtered through Iran and Israel. Mm -hmm. 
And um, this was a reason that they did this was not to make up anything about COVID. That didn't exist up there in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. This was specifically about RMA and DNA research. And this had to do with coming up with bioweapons that would affect the Serbian population. And this has to do with something that's biblical. This has to do with the bloodline of Christ. And so you got to put it in a different context. And you also have to think about why it is that Russia is going in and cleaning their clock. It's because 71% of the Ukrainians are Christian and that Russia is run by the Russian orthodoxy. The other percentage that's left over are Nazis that are from the uh, Khazarian Jews right. that actually moved in and built those bioweapon laboratories in residential areas. They were hiding. They're using humans as shields. Mm -hmm. This is about genetic research. So everybody take a chill pill because that's fact. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm looking at the water filters. There's the ones that they're selling. It's a seg Segway or Seg something. I don't know. I'm looking for them, but uh, but these are high. He's good. Okay, these are high end water filters that will actually filter out radioactive particles and things like that. What was that? Uh, I'm sorry, Blake. Go ahead. Oh, I just mentioned a couple of brand names that I know off the top of my head. I used to have a gravity fed filter for, through Berkey, and there's a Propure. There's some really good ones out there. Or if you can just get water delivered, that's even, even better. Something like that. But it's great to have a, a system like that, reverse osmosis. But I don't actually think there's venom in the water. And I do also want to mention one of the things, speaking of people to follow on Telegram, is, is Kanakoa the Great. He put out an article from somebody on uh, Substack, maybe uh, Dr. Brooks, you might know him. I think he wrote a great a book on uh, ivermectin. Uh, it's Dr. Pierre Corey, and he has a Substack, and he kind of debunks like a lot of the claims that were made yeah. both on Stu Peters' documentary and with his talks with Mike Adams. And Mike Adams is another guy I like, but they, they kind of get a little bit too excitable on, on some of these. Uh, not yeah, I like I like Mike. I like Mike Adams too. I like Mike Adams too, but he, he does. I mean, I had to talk him off the, off the ledge about an asteroid hitting the earth a year ago, September. So it's like, it's not going to happen. Mike's chill. Um, so yeah, I, you know, Candace, I don't know. I don't know where to leave it. I, I do think that Dr. Artis's research is probably legitimate. I think it's worth looking into that this was used, but ultimately to me, where I sit with it is it doesn't matter how they created COVID really. It doesn't matter what's in it. What matters is what works to fight it. And, and it, they did say, and I think this is right. a crucial piece of information that HCQ on Ivermectin and Brooks, as you pointed out, nicotine, Nicotine gum, which is a good source of that, actually can counteract a lot of the effects of this aspect of COVID. I'm not sure I think it's in COVID. I do think it's in, for sure, remdesivir and some of the other drugs and the virus. And, you know, Phil says he's really upset about it because, you know, his grandmother was given remdesivir and died. Um, Trump got the monoclonal antibodies thing, the um, Regeneron, which sounds a lot like remdesivir, but it's not. 
But, um, you know, all that, all that stuff is, I don't know, Candace, I, I just feel like that information might be correct, but I just don't buy that our water supply is contaminated. I do believe that there are patriots protecting it. Am I, am I wrong? Well, I, I think that you are, you know, correct. The water supplies are safe. I mean, this was, this was used as a vehicle and I suppose, you know, agreeing with it or not agreeing with it doesn't matter because what did it do? It made everybody look at their water supplies. I sure hoped people would do that 20 years ago. Um, you know, this is a primary source of life. And uh, if somebody wants to really uh, help themselves out in life, is it you'll get to a place that has good water. And uh, I fortunately have some very, very, very good water where I live, where over where uh, Jennifer Flaw lives, you know, is the best water in the world. It's an aquifer that's 600 feet, and it, you know, has flowed down there since uh, the end of the Ice Ages, and it is pure, clean, and it tastes darn good. It has minerals in it. So, But so many people's water supplies are compromised. They are full of chemicals. They are held in tanks that are old and decrepit and decaying, and all of that ends up in your bodies, and you bathe in it, and you wash your clothes in it. So let's just start looking at water and leave the rest of this in the dustbin of antiquity, which is where it belongs. Yeah, yeah. By the way, over on uh, Rumble, we got a couple of Rumble rants. Um, and you can do a financial Rumble rant, I understand. So if you join Rumble, you can, you can give money to the show, which would really be cool. Because I have to pay, I have to pay Blake for using his uh, <laughs> his, his uh, restream account. Um, but one Mad Hat Twelve says, "Hey Blake, I'm surprised you haven't bitten the ears off your bunnies yet." Um, <laughs> and a COVID said, Mad Hat also Twelve also says, "I got sick with something and Ivan killed it." And if COVID was not a virus, then why does the Ivan work? Which before I get into my Ivan story, Brooks, why don't you tell us? How, if in the snake venom thing, why would ivermectin be effective? Well, ivermectin goes after a key protein in the macrophage. And what it does is it alerts the human uh, immune system that this protein is there. It tags it and it's able to grab it and get it out of the body. That's how it works on the parasites. It doesn't actually kill the parasite. It goes after a key protein that the parasites use for multiplication, for division, for propagation. Once it ties up that protein, the parasite just grows old and dies. That's why by your second ivermectin tablet, your viral load is down significantly. I'd mm -hmm. say within 72 hours, you're pretty much virus-free. Now, why in the world would the global syndicate, a la the deep state, want to block people from getting their hands on this 70-cent tablet that can cure you also adds to the evil intention of this yep. entire process. Yep. Cause they're goddamn demons. That's why. Yeah. Um, okay. If nobody has anything, anybody have anything else they want to add to that before we move on to the next thing, Blake? Well, no. I just have one thing. Have you go ahead, I, Blake? No, I'm, I'm uh, not on that subject. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I, I love you, Brooks, because you've done something so fantastic to give people capsules that they can take and it's a done deal because exactly as you, how you described it is what is printed on the back of horse wormer. 
And it's been there for as long as I've been having horses, which goes back to the 80s. And it is the case where uh, with horses, we have a what they call a rotation system because the parasites that are, you know, coming into the horse's mouth, which is where they start. And when you put a paste into their mouth, it actually starts in the mouth. It doesn't have to go into the digestion system because there are certain parasites that actually get themselves formed there in the tongue and they're called bots and they're very ugly. Okay. So it's, you know, close to dinner time for some people and I don't want to go into it, but, and I had a a horse with bots once and uh, boy, watching those things being squeezed out, not for dinner folks. Okay. So we have several wormers. We have several different types that have different things in them and we rotate it and all of them have a list of these parasites on the back. Now, I have had experiences probably with yeah, 75% of the, the parasites that horses can get. I got one once that was like, this is weird, and they're called neck threadworms. And that particular one is covered by fenbendazole. Is that correct? Because <laughs> yeah, you have to. That's right. And you have to put it into a horse for five days with an entire dose for their, their weight. Okay, so that's like a whole tube one tube every every five days. So all of these substances have different meanings for different parasites and for different reasons, okay? Because you've got parasites that are little tiny cells and others that are insisted, they have little shells around them and others that look like long parasites like tapeworms that you can see them on the other end. Okay, so what we're talking about here is science, a science that is rock solid, that for them to throw away <clears throat> is criminal. That's what's criminal. Yep, yep. And and those people need to pay a uh, high price for for what they did um, and what they've done through this whole process. Neil Neil Cavuto, I can't wait to see him getting the Mussolini treatment. <clears throat> he told people hydroxychloroquine would kill them live on the air. He's a fucking liar. Sorry, I'm going to get mad. I don't want to get mad. It's Easter weekend. I want to be peaceful. Since it's Easter weekend, since it's Easter weekend, and Blake is our Jesus here. Um, he's our, our East of California Jesus, yes, looking yes, like okay. Jesus. You, you, literally, literally, you should you should get some white robes, smear some yes. dirt all over yourself, <laughs> and walk around the town that you're in, which I'm not going to mention, tomorrow and see how many people want to take pictures with you. So... Um, it, it's, um, I have a couple stories, Brooks, I want to ask you something and I'm going to go, I'm going to get, you know, I'm just going to steal some personal time here. A lot of people ask you how my kitty Aurora is doing. I, I did share on Facebook and Instagram that, you know, I thought maybe I might have to put her down on Friday. It was getting pretty bad, but, um, it turns out that she, um, she got an antibiotic shot and she got a cortisone shot and, She's feeling much better. She's not itching anywhere near like she was. And I'm optimistic. You know, I don't think she has a year left, but, you know, who knows? But I'm optimistic that this will this will help her. She has skin cancer and kidney failure. I'd like to let everybody know that. She also has a little bit of a heart murmur. Something's probably going to get her, but I didn't want it to be Friday. So she's feeling much better. I was going to show you a picture uh, just to let everybody know. Thank you for all the love and support for my little baby. She's girl. up. She's yep. adorable. 
and uh, she has two different colored eyes and uh, she's the love of my life to this, to this point. That's for sure. So um, here's an interesting thing though, Brooks, I wanted to ask you about is I talked to the vet because two people told me my kitty had skin cancer and I, I got her the ear mite treatment, ivermectin ear mite treatment and started giving that to her according to the chart. And the skin cancer went away and one of my dogs or cats lasted another two or three years. I started hearing these stories. So I said, okay, I, I, I thought it was an injection. So I said, I went, I went to the vet Friday, yesterday, yeah. And said, okay, I want a cortisone shot for the itching. I want an antibiotic shot for the, you know, she's got a bleeding area because she's just scratching this stuff because it's itching like that. And I, I want ivermectin. And she said, well, she said, behind her mask. She's wearing a fucking mask. And she said, well, ivermectin is toxic for cats. Um, is that true? Nope. That's bullshit. Okay. So I didn't think it was true. Now I have from Jen, I have a little, I have liquid ivermectin, which is for cows and cattle, I believe. And I, I, it's an injectable. Yeah. Well, I take, I take it. I, I, what I do is I take the, I've tried to do this twice. I've taken the, uh, taken it out with a syringe. My brother, fortunately, my brother's diabetic and he has insulin syringes. And I've tried to put a couple of drops like on the back of her neck, but I don't know if I've been successful yet. I put a couple drops in her water. What I'm concerned about is can I overdose her on this stuff or not? I don't think so. Um, well, look, Brooks, I know this. I'm a veterinary scientist, okay? Oh, You're I not going to give something that is a syringe-based organism onto some, something's skin and you're going to get any good results from oh, it. I mean, you're you're going to be using something that isn't meant to go on the surface of the skin. You get it in it, a lotion or something. And so. did do it with her kitty, and she said she didn't have skin cancer, but she said her kitty – has improved just markedly uh, and she gives it to him every two weeks, a couple of drops on the skin and it seems to absorb through the skin. So I'm going to try doing it that way. I hear you, Candace, but Jen said she yeah. didn't get results. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. What, what else can I do with this? She just doesn't pill very well. If I start pilling yeah, her, don't do pills. If she, well, if they get me the ivermectin pills, Sorry, I'm just sort of totally hijacking the show to get vet advice from Brooks. Yeah, and it's it's kind of um, hard. Um, I just, you know, I don't know quite know what to do with it. But in the meantime, I did put a few drops of it in her water and she drank from her water. So I'm hoping she gets some. Well, well there's all sorts of th things that are water soluble, like piperzine. And uh, there's another one called dextamethasone we use regularly, which is a cortisone. And that is uh, used, you can put it on the tongue of a horse and it like takes away allergies like instantly right. so it comes right. in an injectable bottle but that's how you do it you draw it out then you take the syringe off and then you can just you know put it onto the tongue and that's way it's absorbed because it does have make a difference and this is the big thing and brooks will back me up here is that what you're doing with any drug that is meant to go after at this complex of organisms that basically inhabit your body and then what is going on there is that they multiply okay that's how you get a cold that's how you get you know whatever SARS or all the complex of stuff is that they they get in they get in that nice warm cozy space in your trachea and they start to 
break up and make more, more of them. So it's the same dynamic that cancer does, only that cancer is doesn't do it in an orderly manner. That's why it's called cancer. And if it's on the surface, then what is going on is that you've got a disruption to the dermal space. Now, the dermal space is something all over the body, and we know all sorts of cancers that live in your skin. So it's the same dynamic for all mammals and uh, even for chickens. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can get all of these in all sorts of species. But, uh, of course, the, the real amazing thing about cancer is that actually it will be cured with alkaline water. Yeah. Yeah. Alkaline is, is your, your healer, your complete uh, you know, solution to any type of cancer that's formed. And okay. that I, is a I great crime that. that the medical facility has right. because we have such acidic diets, you yeah. know, I mean, I could go on and on, but it is the case where I think, again, Brooks will say, you know, that we're, we're lucky we have this, that we can get it because we're going to need to learn some skills here. This is another, yeah. what I call skill builder. And we've all been so reliant on going to the doctor and getting a mm-hmm. pill and going away. And I suddenly feel better. It's symptomatic treatment. It never causes or solves the root problem. So, you know, my work and everything that I've done has been about, you know, uh, consuming good food, uh, buying good sources for food, reading everything that's on the, you know, ingredient list, and then uh, balancing your diet out with two things. One of them is your allergy load. And this is really critical because your body does not work well when it's full of histamine. Mm-hmm. And histamine is what happens when you're taking something in, if you breathe it in or if you eat it or if you absorb it through your skin, that you're allergic to. You get hives, your skin gets red, you're, you start sneezing, you know, okay, so we all know the symptoms. But what do they give you? They give you an antihistamine. Well, what does that do? It completely destroys your histamine production, which is basically there to keep, keep you healthy. <laughs> okay, yeah. so... If I'm going to try to make this a case, I'm going to say to people, check your allergies and get your blood type. There is an entire book out there that says eat right for your type. And it really does have an effect on your health because they're O-type blood. They like to eat meat or eat meat. That's good. A and B, you can go with vegetarian. And I'm an AB and I get jiggy with uh, turkey and lamb and it does it goes through all the grains and everything and i'll tell you when i started eating like that i heard greek food yesterday and i thought you know i just can't (laughs) lamb on good friday i just just can't do that well and it's it's weird right you know so but you, you just realize also that we have cravings for everything that we're allergic to and yeah. I'll tell you that from personal experience. Okay, okay yeah, so. that, yeah, I definitely. definitely. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I, I tell you what, I am going to go out and get alkaline water. Brooks, you can get it at stores like Trader Joe's and other stores like that. Carry it's a, it's a water that's more alkalized than than acidic, and I don't know exactly how that works, but they process it a certain way. I will start her drinking water. She drinks out of a cup like this. 
I just leave it out there for. I'll start putting alkaline water in there, Candace. And then the other thing is, Candace, could I theoretically, I've got the syringe right there and I've, I've given my kitties injections before. I guess I could theoretically just scruff her and just give her a quick shot of the ivermectin right in her scruff. Um, I wouldn't do that because you don't know the dose. You right. have a you have an item in front of you that's meant for cattle, okay? So let me tell you, a cat's a very much smaller than a cow, but it's that's the hardest part, isn't it, Brooks? And in, in terms of well, and you've got the formula, so why don't you? Yeah, tell I mean, Jen said she just put a couple of drops, like she had a plastic glove on, like I've got, and she put a couple of drops on it and just rubbed it into her skin. The problem is, I just don't mm -hmm. feel like I'm necessarily getting to the skin. There's so much fur there, right? So I'm not sure if it's, I ever it's it exactly, yeah. and it, but it worked for Jen. So any any other thoughts mm. on that, Brooks? Before we move on, well, you can also take one of the ivermectin tablets, and you can mortar and pestle it into powder, right? And then you can just take a few grains of that, put it in, in her cat food or in her her water, right? And get it internally into her, and what she doesn't use, she'll poop out. But it will take care of the parasites or. You know, it has other, if you go to the National Institutes of Health site, yeah. it'll, it'll list for you about nine different cancers that ivermectin has been shown to be effective against. These two people swore that it cured their cat's skin cancer. So the ear mite treatment. So uh, I may wait for that. I may start giving her something. Um, yeah, shave her fur. Good luck with that. Here's the problem. I can't pill her, guys. I can't really pill her because, or use a pill pocket because she doesn't have enough teeth left to really chew anything. So that's not going to work. And plus, she's very skittery. And even though she's very low energy because she's near the end of her life right now, trust me, if I get too aggressive with her, I'm not going to be able to get near her for several days. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, give her a little bit of ivermectin once a week and see how she tolerates it. Here's the thing. She's going to pass. If I don't do anything, she, she'll pass in the next six months, almost for sure. Right. So, okay. So I'm, I'm, what if I cut her life off by three months by overdoing it? With the ivermectin? I don't know. It's worth a shot. I, I love her to death, but I've, oh, I, pray, yeah. I pray to God. You know, it's fine with me. If I wake up tomorrow, it's fine with me. If I wake up and find out she's gone, I'd rather well, that I, than her suffering. Uh, Mike, Mike, I, I can tell you that the main problem here is her kidneys. I mean, really, don't even worry about what's on her skin. It's the kidneys yeah. because that'll kill her faster yeah, than anything. That That's the worst thing. And it's a very painful way to die. So, you know, it's it's the unfortunate part. People get to kidney transplants that their kidneys go downhill. But um, one of the things that really affects kidneys is toxins, because that's the place that they're taken out of the system and put into the urine. So, um, you know, a, a kidney is a very delicate balance. And I would I would consult with a veterinarian about that just in yeah. terms of what you know well, will work and what the, won't the work. The only option you know? is fluid injection on a daily basis, and she's not going to tolerate that. So I've made the decision not to treat that. Um, yeah, hoping that the ivermectin can help her be more comfortable in whatever time she has left. That's that's the thing. Yeah. So that's, that's the way I'm treating it. But this is a good lesson. I, I hope everybody is okay with this discussion. Uh, I appreciate it. So before we get a lot on, of good comments. <laughs> yeah. Before we get on to more politics. And what's going on in the world and Trump and everything else. I want to share with you guys, because it is Easter weekend. I want to I want to share a story that's to me, it's like proof that God exists in some ways. 
So, and we have Blake here. We have Jesus actually sitting in. You can sit in for Jesus right now, Blake. Excellent. So, okay. So my flight, I was supposed to leave Edinburgh on Sunday. American delayed my flight by three or four hours to the point that I missed my connecting flight to Seattle. So they canceled everything and said, we've rescheduled you for Monday. Guess what happened on Monday? Flight was delayed again. And my, I missed my connecting flight to Seattle. So they agreed to fly me on Monday to Dallas, put me up in a hotel, which, by the way, was infested with bed bugs. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, I slept on top of the bed as much as I slept. And so I got in at like midnight Dallas time and got up five in the morning, just about puked my guts out. Don't know what that was all about. But for some reason, I did not throw up. I was positive I was going to, but I didn't. Anyway, I'm feeling awful. But I get packed up. I get in the, I, you know, I get, I get in the, uh, thank God I have Zofran. It's a wonderful drug. I get in the bus. I get to the airport. It's 730. Flight's leaving at 830 for Seattle. And I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, on, on social media, on Instagram. And I hear this voice saying, well, getting pretty old there. You have to use readers for everything now, don't you? And I look up and there is my friend, Tim, Tim Rifflin. Tim is uh, my next door neighbor who I spent the first 18 years of my life as my next door neighbor, a year older than me and my brother, Dave, and our best friend. And we started talking and turned out he was in the seat right behind me. So we're on the same flight, seat right behind me. He's in Dallas visiting family. I would not have been there if all of these other delays hadn't happened, if all of these other human decisions hadn't happened. And it turns out, Brooks, that he's looking for ivermectin because he knows uh -huh. this is BS. So I told him all about you. I had some HCQ in my in my backpack. Uh, <laughs> I gave him I gave him some of the HCQ I had in my travel pack and said, you got that in case anybody gets sick. And I told him to go to your site and and get some uh, ivermectin. Hopefully he's done that. I can't control that. But he lives in the Seattle area. And I told him I've got some stashed. Dr. Brooks has been very kind. And if anybody gets sick before you get your order, I can drive up and deliver some to you. So all this stuff happened. And I, I just realized this is not a coincidence. There is no way this is a coincidence. Because think about this. In my life, I lived in Seattle for a long time, left in 1994, moved to Toronto. Uh, you know, I was married, moved to Toronto, moved back to Seattle, moved to Minnesota, moved to L.A., moved back to Seattle, traveled overseas to England, traveled overseas to Europe, traveled all over the country, made all these decisions, got all these jobs, and ended up, <clears throat> and likewise, Tim did all these things and got married twice and bought houses for two ex-wives and the whole thing. And how the fuck do two people end up at that time under those circumstances on the same flight? And if you think about all the decisions that affected my life that other people made, not just that I made, but that other people made, to put me in that place and all the decisions that were made by Tim and his kids and everybody else and were made around him to put him in that place. It's literally, Candace, billions upon billions upon billions to one that we end up on the same flight in the same place in Dallas, Texas, where I should not have even been and sitting 
right behind each other. It's impossible. I'm just going to well, tell you. I, I think it's beautiful, and and you just experienced what basically I can say has happened to me uh, most every day for the last probably 30 years. And, you know, I look at this as a true connection to God and to his mission for us because we have to have reverence. We have to understand that this is something that comes from a place that all of us can directly connect to, and that is a flow state. And, you know, if I were to kind of go on with this, a lot of what um, I have learned came from that fellow that uh, we're mutually associated with, um, and his name is Juan Osaban, and he happens to have that also that ability. And part of my story and his story have merged because of our experiences in two very different fields. But, uh, you know, we came, you know, into it believing in God and having that ability to connect. And it's a beautiful thing. I mean, just you, you don't have to question it. You just have to say to yourself, what, where was I at with my mind in that moment? Because it is a lot of you know, details. It's it's all over the place as to how you get there at the exact right moment to see somebody that is you can help. It's I mean, what more billions. beautiful thing? Yeah, it's literally billions of human choices, probably on each of our sides, and it's it's beyond comprehension. And we have to. I think it's critically important that we recognize that this is divine intervention. It is not coincidence. There's no such thing as coincidence. Anybody else? Blake, you got a story like that or you got anything you want to add? I just, it's not, it's not possible that that was an accident from my perspective. Yeah. I've had, you know, things happen like that in my life. Yeah. They're, they're beyond explanation. I don't pretend to know how all of this works. It's, it's hard to say we're very limited creatures in our evolution and, and trying to figure this all out in a very short lifetime with using a, a, a fraction of our, uh, our, our DNA and our potential and our, our brain and our, I don't, I don't, yeah, it, it's amazing how things like that. It's just, it's out of uh, our league at, at this time, I guess, but I, and, and, uh, and it's funny yeah. because Peter Robbins, who was also at the conference was just telling us a story you know, the night before or two days before about how he was in um, Kashmir or, or, you know, um, the Dalai Lama, where is that? Like, Mon you know, Mongolia or whatever the hell. And, and he, he's at this bus stop and he meets these two guys. It turns out that they're from the ex exact same neighborhood, like literally two doors down from each other. They grew up. And so I like, Oh, that was a really weird story. That's a coincidence. And then this, this shit happens to me. And it was like, somebody was saying, Mike, it's not a coincidence. Pay attention. Brooks, anything you want to add to that? It's not synchronicities. Synchronicity implies coincidence, accidental. None of this is accidental. Well, I, I have a feeling that we are eternal beings having a mortal experience and we, I think travel through mortal lives as groups and in a lifetime, we cross each other's paths multiple times and have influence on each other multiple times. We set up energy patterns in our lives by the choices that we make, the things that we put energy in that brings these nodes, these what I call constructive interference to us. Mm -hmm. And I have found in my life that whenever 
scheduled things go haywire, something doesn't show up on time, a bus gets delayed, a plane gets delayed, you know, something happens. I have a tendency, well, I've taught myself to look around. Something's going on. Some, some force that I put in play a long time ago wants me to be somewhere, wants someone else to be somewhere, and I will look up and say, what am I supposed to see right here? Who am I supposed to meet? What, what is my purpose for being right here in this moment? And it always shows up. A flat tire, uh, a credit card that won't run, something happens that's way out of the ordinary. I yep. always look up and say, okay, what's going on? I'll give you a case in point. I wanted to start a local uh, business uh, venture, and I needed a certain investor. I knew the investor that I needed. I tried to reach him. I tried to contact him a bunch of times. Couldn't do it. Almost gave up. So I did what I call the release. I just let it go. And then a couple of days later, I get this meetup in my email. You know what a meetup is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a meetup to go paint. I love to paint. So I said, ah, what the heck? I got nothing to do on Tuesday night. I'll go paint. So I got a bottle of wine, got my paints, my kit, a canvas, and I went 25 miles across town. Sat down, opened my bottle of wine, got my easel set up, got my backwash going on. I felt a tap on my shoulder. It was that investor. And he said, Brooks, what are you doing here? I said, Brian, what are you doing here? He said, I don't know. I just uh, had a feeling I needed to come out and paint, so I'm here. He sat next to me, we painted, and he invested. And that's that was my energy that I had put in place. And I listened for the things that were vibrating around me, and I put energy into it, and that's what resonated. Um, by the way, thank you, Mad Pogue, for the, uh, the $10 there. That's that's awesome. And I don't know if you have any stories like that, Blake. I got, I got one more. When I was 20, started at Boeing, I met this girl, and she was brunette, of course. The cutest little thing I had ever seen in my life. She was so smart, and she was so funny. And I, 20 years old, absolutely fell in love with her. But she was engaged to an older man, and she ended up marrying him, which was one of the worst days of my life. And, you know, things happened, and we kept in touch, and we tried to be friends, and then she went away. So 20 years later, I'm 40. And I started thinking about her and I started feeling like I can feel her. I can feel her coming. I can feel that I'm going to see her again. And so I started kind of looking around. Never saw her. Never saw her. Never saw her. So about a year later, I'm in New Orleans at a conference for the uh, software, engineering software that I was an expert in. And I go through the whole conference and I give my presentation and I'm, I'm done and I'm ready to catch my flight home to Minnesota, right? So I'm out there and the shuttle's not there and the shuttle's not there and the shuttle's not there. And I'm like, shit, did I miss the shuttle? Where's the shuttle? So I walk back in to the desk to ask, Where's, is the shuttle coming? Is it late? I got to get to the airport. And I hear this squeaky little voice and I look over and it's her. In New Orleans. We both live in Seattle, but I run into her in New Orleans. And then we ended up, having something that we didn't have when we were in our 20s and it was uh, absolutely amazing and wonderful and again it's like these things are just not accidents they're not right so my message on this easter weekend is i should have saved this for deep thought thursday or for the end of the show but pay attention to this stuff mm -hmm. 
when it's when it happens, it's not just a funny coincidence. Act on it. Take it in and act on it. Right. That's my message. Blake, anything to add before we move on to the uh, rest of the show? I, I'm good. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I don't know if we. You gotta, you gotta find a story like this to tell us. We should have had top I, five I, weird synchronicity stories that we've got. I, I do have a, a story. I'm just trying to think how right. I can frame it. Um, I had my with my grandparents. So my grandma, like a long time ago, she gave up her apartment. She uh, gave me a watch from my grandfather. He died in 1980. It was like an old. It was an Omega watch that he got from, he used to work for Honeywell. So he had like a retirement watch. It was a nice, mm -hmm. cool watch. And I don't know why I was wearing it like the early 2000s because I had just gotten it. It was cool, but I shouldn't have because I was bartending at the time. It's dangerous. I'm lucky I didn't uh, wreck it or anything. Right. And then uh, one day I'm just I'm just hanging out. I got my watch on. I, I look at the time and this, this thing is this thing runs on pulse. There's no battery on it. It's from like the 70s or it's like old, but it's an Omega. So it's really this weird, crazy technology. You put it on and it just starts ticking. And then one day, all of a sudden it, it stopped. I'm like, why did the, the watch stop? This is really bizarre. And I had a really weird feeling. But it turned out that my grandmother had had an accident, like she had fallen and gotten hurt and she uh she had cancer but and she ended up dying like a week later but it was just strange how she had given me this this my grandfather's watch i which i never wear now and i never wore before i only wore it for a few months it just ran amazingly and it still does it's it's crazy um but because it'll just it sits there it, it won't it's just self-winding on the pulse it's crazy but right. anyway so the one time it does shut off is when she fell so that was I don't know how to. Yeah, I, but, yeah. I, I I won't bore you, folks. I got two more stories that I can think of. <laughs> you know, I, I I'd love to tell them, but I but maybe I won't tell them. I don't. The one in, one involving my same thing kind of Brooks, my dad's wedding ring. I had a my dad passed away. I ended up with his gold wedding ring, and I, I had it in a in a box in my stuff. Living in California, there was this girl, <laughs> and um, I thought we were just friends. And, and one night I realized, oh my God, I have feels. I like, I love this girl. And, and I remember um, the night before that, that, that night, the night I figured that out and I was saying, you know, okay, look, God, Jesus, just, just show me how to make this work. How do I do this? How do I make this work? And and the next day, for absolutely no reason, I decided to go down to my storage space in the parking garage and clean it up. So I went down there and I'm cleaning stuff up. And I pull out this old shoebox and I hear this ding, 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 ding on, on the concrete floor. And I look down and out of that box has fallen out my dad's gold, gold wedding ring. And I realized instantly the message was stop treating her like something casual and start treating her the way you would if she was your wife. Unfortunately, it didn't work, but I did that. <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah, so many stories like that. Just so many that you can come up with. All right, let's move on to politics because I think we're boring the hell out of people. But I think on Easter, it's important to recognize the big guy upstairs and all the things that uh, they provide. he provides for us in our life. Okay, Brooks, I want to know what's going on in Ukraine. Right now, it's very quiet. There's not a lot of reports. You hear stories about some Russian ship, the Moskva, got sunk by the Ukrainians, which I 
I think it's NATO. And then, and then, you know, you had monkey works, um, talking about on his show that everything he sees in terms of the maneuvering of air forces is that NATO is about ready to go to war with the Russians in Ukraine. That's what he says. That was three days ago. So what, what do you know about what's going on in Ukraine and what's your assessment? Well, I'll tell you in the last 24 hours, it's, uh, it has made a lot of the, uh, the Russians basically said, you need to stop flying over the border and attacking Russian towns. And if you don't, we're going to, we're going to hit your command and control. Right. Well, they didn't listen. They went across the border. They blew up a railroad in a, in a small town. And last night, uh, the Russians hit 811 targets, 811. That's a lot. And some major damage was done. Now, the Azovs, the ones that are in Donbass, are surrounded and they're underneath a steel mill. They didn't want to hurt the steel mill. They want to preserve the steel mill. But these guys were not coming out. They had a, almost 200 British that came out of that hole and surrendered. And they're now in negotiating prisoners of war. Uh, they have about 6,000 prisoners of war right now, just under 6,000 prisoners of war. And bombers are going in with 2,000-pound uh, bunker busters, and they're going to go in there and bust those, those tunnels up. This is not a good thing. Don't like to see this kind of uh, escalation, but these Azovs are not giving up. They have enough resources uh, that they can <laughs> stay down there, but they're out of ammo. And... Uh, Putin wants it done. He wants it done. He wants it over. And I think what's happening in Donbass is going to be finished by the end of April. It'll be it'll be done. What remains is are the uh, reinforcements that drew back from Donbass to protect Kiev. They're still intact, and they're building up forces in the west. And this is what you're seeing NATO beginning. Well, I call it the pan-European army. There are a couple things happening. Not good for NATO. Not good at all. First of all, the Germans just approved $2.5 billion to go into their own army, not NATO, into the German army. Just well, that's like exactly they, what the world needs is the fucking German, the Wehrmacht reform. Yeah, that's, just that's like they we did in 1936. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there are forces that are getting ready to splinter NATO. The other thing that we really need to watch. I, I hate to raise alarm bells here, is Romania and Poland. They've been pouring a lot of weapons into Poland. Uh, the Defense Department just authorized a big shipment, like almost a billion dollars worth of weapons, to go into Poland. That makes Poland a target. They don't want to be a target, but they don't have any choice. They're being overridden by the global syndicate out of Brussels. If Russia attacks over the Polish border, they already did on the outside of the Polish border. They used a hypersonic missile and blew up a big weapons cache. Well, if they go over the border into Poland, it's game on. I think that's what the deep state wants. They want this thing to blow up into war because they want to stop the elections in November. They don't want the elections to take place because they know if they do, the Democrats are going to lose about 75 to 90 seats. It will effectively bankrupt the Democrat Party. Right. And they will lose the head of all the committees that they control. 
and right. all and that will also, also should show everybody how fraudulent the 2020 election is that would be another thing that it would do well and that evidence is being released too i think there was yeah. a conclusive thing that the 2020 election was stolen now it's just a matter of what is going to be done about it but as long as the doj is controlled by the democrats nothing is going to happen nothing so this is what they face they face absolute defeat in november they don't want to be defeated and they don't like losing so i think we are in the most dangerous seven months of the united states history that's where i think we are right now because if the pentagon's making these kinds of decisions that little garden in the middle of the pentagon is where they're going to drop the nuke and it is going to wipe everything out for three miles in every direction the russians have nothing to lose and that's where we don't want to be this is where you got to start talking we have to start talking we're pulling back diplomats we're pulling back ambassadors this is not a good place whoever is running the pentagon right now needs to be fired like yesterday because they are marching us straight into world war three and it doesn't need to be this way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is where you really hope that Putin is a secret white hat that is part of the Nasara Jasara team. And this is all staged and not going to happen. Um, not that I would miss the Pentagon that terribly or Washington DC for that matter, but, uh, well, yeah. Putin has done everything he said he was going to do and everything is on schedule for them. And the fake stream news running out of Kiev is running a totally fake story because what I've been watching has been on the front lines with dead bodies rotting in the streets and smoke still rising into the air. I'm not in a five-star hotel in Kiev. My guys that I'm talking to and listening to are right there in the bunkers, in the nuclear bunkers in outside of Mariupol. That's the real story. And it is Azov's that are the big problem. The people that are being run uh, by the deep state with good old spiked heel crackhead Zelensky acting like the hero. Yep. It is totally fake. And it is designed to do something terrible. Right. Start the war. Uh, Ron Santos, he does not live in Dallas and does not travel out of Dallas regularly. So it's it's very high. uh, Blake. Any thoughts on World War Three? I was just going to mention quick. Uh, we we're mentioning Mike Adams earlier in the story. Uh, yeah. So uh, they had a bet. I don't know if you heard with him and uh, yeah, David Wilcock on, and they have a no. hundred hundred ounces of silver. A bet. I think David Wilcock says he thinks the cabal is going to be defeated before the election. Like so that. does everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> David David always says the most obvious thing that everybody else is already saying. And then, oh, cool, I was right. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I don't think they like You know, Jen's saying that. A lot of other people are saying that. I don't know if Juan is saying that, Candace. But uh, do you think Biden – I mean, Biden this week said, can you imagine if – the tobacco industry, if prostitutes couldn't sue the tobacco industry, come on, man. <laughs> and then he got shit on by a bird. Um, that and, then was he, awesome. he, and then he turned and shook hands with nobody, with a, a, a vaporous a spirit. Um, it seems to me that all this is being exposed to have an excuse to get rid of him on, on medical grounds, 25th Amendment grounds. What say 
you and your friends about how long this is going to last before this guy is gone. Well, I just got an update and basically it looks like we're in this, like everybody else has said through the summer, um, it's, it's going to be nip and tuck. There's going to be a lot of drama. Um, we have things happening on in every measure of the cabal. And this is not frivolous. This is like, you know, we're looking at our communications uh, changing. We're looking at our big pharma going down. Um, the government is in such chaos right now. They have no clue as to what to do. And I don't believe that they really are in control. And um, Juan just did a, a, a show that uh, was with American Media Periscope. And it's pretty darn cut to the chase. And uh, I suggest everybody take a look at that because, um, you know, for, for all of us that are involved in this, again, we're looking at international news that's coming through moment to moment. And it is actually meant to derange our minds. I mean, we are all in such chaos right now that, and it's, it creates this, uh, you know, conflict that we just can't manage over a long period of time our stress levels and our you know ability to to deal with this kind of onslaught is just it's going to weaken us and my suggestion and of course everybody i've talked to has said the same thing is that we're in a phase of this operation that is taking place in other places primarily than in our backyards we have been able to avoid a civil war. Uh, we're playing Casino Royale, which is one of my top five movies tonight. Um, we are all in. We are playing for all the goodies. And we are not going to lose. We have a certain measure of uh, digital army that has functioned for, you know, many years now that came in and uh, also the Q movement, which was very good. And we now, I mean, just to update everybody, um, McAfee, um, Afterlife, yeah. which is on Telegram, uh, just came up with a post last night and it is signed Q. And he also changed the um, avatar to a Q. And this is something that Juan said, uh, several months ago, and actually he requested that I go in and start decoding, and I have done that, and that is that channel that I just posted on, Mike, um, that you get, I believe, uh, okay. 107, yep. and then there's 107 chat, and then RRM uh, McAfee and Q decodes, and just to get people in a state where they're they're kind of watching and they're paying attention and this is a good place to be is on telegram seems pretty solid uh rumble is also okay uh looks like gab is is kind of coming up we got twitter that's being purchased and and they're basically <laughs> going to prevail i think elon musk has ended up looking like a hero um, we've also got a, a activity on both um, 107 Daily, and then hopefully that he'll be able, one is going to be doing programs there. 
And so that's good to get there, sign up. And I know for some folks, they've, they've tried a lot, but go in and try again. Um, I actually am functioning now with that group. And uh, I hope to, to have some really good news here pretty soon. So, um, you know, tend to yourself, get some, you know, things built up at your home that you need, particularly medicine, get some water ahead, you know, look at your systems, um, you know, make sure that you guys have, you know, you have something that you can go to and de-stress. And it's, um, it's really that time where, if you can't be in the fight, which none of us really can be, except for those that, like myself and Brooks and Mike and, and Blake and Juan Osavin and Phil Godowski and, you know, all those guys, are, they're, they're in the middle of it. And we're all trying to get this news to you yeah. and doing the best that we can. Um, but we're all human. And God above is the one that guides us. Uh, spend some time in prayer and meditation. And uh, basically, we're, you know, we're all in this together, guys, you know, and if there was ever a, a meme that I love, and I'll put it up on the telegram right now. And that is, um, it's uh, from Joe M. And he says, God will be the judge, we will make the appointments. And that means basically that we, we don't have to judge people. We don't have to be out there saying whether they're good or bad or whatever, because we're just right now, we're kind of, you know, observing everything and they all will be brought forward. We're going to find out who the real bad guys are. We're taking it very thoroughly, very seriously. And we are as a species, mankind, planet wide, uh, going to see this through, and it is going to be a better day. You know, the best is yet to come. I believe that too. Thank you, Blake. Any final thoughts on any of this stuff? Or I certainly hope so. I'm trying to be optimistic. This has dragged on far longer than any of us ever would have thought. So, yeah. Really Where is Joe M. M. Now, Candace? Is he over on True Social yet, or is he? Uh... Where is he? I, I saw him um, in uh, Gab, I guess, the other day, and uh, he does have a presence now on Twitter again. There's a lot of people piling back on Twitter, and I'll tell you, if it's any indicator, we got the high ground here because we're posting all this, what normally would have been taken out in an instant. And, you know, for myself, I kind of hung back. I got axed with my primary account. Uh, because I started posting Q drops and everything else on there and um, the McAfee decodes and they, well, we can't have that. So, uh, but I had another account that I had on my phone and, you, you know, I know how to handle things like that with the technology. So, so now I'm back on my, I got my mainframe, I got my account and I am um, Elizabeth at Liz the reporter. And uh, so if you find me, Look for me, and we'll all get together. I've got like you know thirty followers. I don't know; it's nothing big, but I'm going to start uh, posting over there as well. And you know, you just test the waters, and and I think Twitter is in total chaos. So that's that's the fun part because you know 
we got, you know, the, the sharpest tools in the shed, guys. <laughs> We've got the intelligence. Um, you know, if there was ever a think tank, it's around Trump, right? <laughs> so yeah. 5D chests are us, you know. Um, and, I mean, having uh, conversations with uh, Juan lately, it's just like, man, do I know that these people are, I mean, they are 24-7. There's no no resting for any of them. And, um, you know, this is a, this is something a lot of people were made to do that have, you know, devoted their entire lives. And we really do owe them, uh, you know, a prayer and a blessings uh, because these are the good works of mankind that, you know, will go into our history books, which we're going to rewrite, right? <laughs> you know, it's like everything is going to change. So we got to make uh, somebody sit down and start, uh, you know, updating the textbooks and, you know, yeah. putting the truth yeah. out there. Kidding. Uh, Brooks is on Truth Social now as at Vision Officer. I just confirmed that. What was yours again, Candice, on Truth? I, I'm uh, not on Truth I'm because on truth. Uh, it's only on iPhones right now. It's an app and I have an Android. So um, that's not even a possibility. But, you know. They got some problems. Uh, it's going to be a while before they really get their platform up. And um, it is, you know, the case with all of uh, the media that we are aligned with, uh, the Patriots, uh, is that they have still got a presence down in what I call the dark web. Um, they're still down there doing their dirty work. Um, and they have control of certain AI platforms because um, a lot of what they generate is just garbage and spam. And I just uncovered something that'll take your breath away. Um, we have two websites out there that people commonly access. One of them is called Best News Here, and the other is Before It's News. Right, before and they're, it's and they're yeah. both associated with Macedonia. Now, I found this out uh, in February when I first started doing research because they were putting up spam about, you know, Juan Osaban. So mm -hmm. I went in there and I did what I do. And uh, boy, was I amazed. Macedonia actually is a uh, scammer site that does data mining for Israel. And, you know, in the Q movement, yeah, we always said Israel would be left for last. And they, they basically are controlling a lot of this, this spam and AI stuff. And I got to tell you, the Israelis have an incredible network ability and they have an iron dome. They don't get attacked. And this, the DDoS attacks, the denial of service, I, I follow as well. There's a great um, several sites out there now that you can watch the little lines go back and forth between, yeah. you know, the countries. And um, Monkey now is reporting on that, which is kind of nice. And, yeah. you know, the, the basic analysis of that is that there are denial of service attacks that are hitting like Sweden and Norway. I was tracking one a few days ago that was like 400 gigabits of power. I mean, that wow. is like, that is an impressive amount of attack. That's, That's like hacker. Game. It is. And, and they, and several that were like 100 to um, 100 gigabit power to, uh, to Japan. 
and then there was some down to South America. So there's some installations of these deep state, and this is the white hats, I believe, are in control of this. This is the thing that you got to kind of know what you're looking at when you, you know, look at these charts and graphs and stuff, but they're not specific in, in terms of towns, but regions, because I know a hacker that lives down in central Idaho, and this guy has more capability, and he is actually working for the White Hats, and he sends out these attacks all day long. He sets them up. I mean, he is a world-class hacker, and he knows um, the, uh, the, you know, the guy that was in charge of Aitkun, which is uh, um, Code Monkey Z, Ron Watkins. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, these folks are very skilled, and, you know, it's funny because I was – you know, looking at 107 Daily and True Social, they're both out of uh, Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> That's where their their uh, signature is for their IP addresses. And I thought, oh, that's interesting, out of the country. Um, but, uh, you know, they've got a, a, the guy that runs 107 Daily, Ken Edge, is a, uh, he's a gamer. He's a former gamer. And they've been building from the ground up um, this 6G network, which is encoded so that they can get onto, again, light wave frequencies. We're talking about fiber optics. We're talking about Starlink. And last week I ended the show telling everybody that the owner of Starlink is not Elon Musk. Yes. And you got to know, because it is the truth, is that Don Jr. is a part of a cooperative several people that uh, actually are the ones that are the, the money people behind it and of course Starlink was sent over to the Ukraine three big truckloads of it and they installed the Starlink units and what they did is specifically this is the good side this is the guys that are in the Ukrainian army that are working with the Russians that are dancing in the streets that you've been talking about these are the freedom fighters, and they have access to the internet through these portals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and the people do too now from what I hear is that, you know, uh, services are being provided. The Russians are coming in and providing water and, and food. And, you know, so we've, they've got an organization over there that is entirely separate from what I believe is uh, – you know, the mainstream media's way of looking at it, all those damn Russians. No, they're Russia's hooked up. You know, like I told you guys last week is that they are, have a proprietary network and they don't have any hacking going on there. <laughs> you can't get in or out. No, you know, dot RU still isn't applicable, but yeah. hey, I can get to Tomsk, Russia, and look at my frequency of the earth, Schumann graphs, resonance graphs. So, Again, you know, I, I'm observant that way, and it's really kind of a, a neat time we're living in because I, I predict as soon as we can really flip the switch on the entire Internet process and get ourselves over to this light wave thing, deep state is gone, and they know that. That's why they're doing this thing in Ukraine. That's why they're putting their arms up and, and going hysterical about everything, and you know, that to me will be the final blow. So anyway, yeah, we can any hope. questions? <laughs> <laughs> any questions, Mike? 
<laughs> notes there, or are you just getting your top five ready for tonight? I, I am. I'm working on that. I just thought of another one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Anybody else have anything uh, they want to add into the news segment before we try some other stuff? Well, I, I love the Twitter thing with Elon Musk. This is uh, yeah. awesome. It's been a great news week between you know Snake Venom and Elon yeah. Musk. <laughs> you should have you should have come up dressed as Snake Plissken tonight. To, oh. Snake Venom thing. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. <laughs> Snake Venom does. All that, right. That's uh, the comments uh, of the night, Blake. Right. Snake Venom and Elon. Elon <laughs> I gotta write that down. <laughs> pretty big, pretty big night. We got about four hundred people in the live stream tonight. Thank you for spending some of your Saturday Saturday night with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Uh, everybody over on Rumble seems to be doing pretty good. A lot of activity over there tonight. Thank you, guys. Mad Pogue, especially. You're making big contributions. I appreciate that. Uh, Bogus Hype says he just ordered the Ivan. So good for you, Bogus Hype. And uh, that's super awesome. So uh, just to remind everybody, the sponsors of this show are NewGenCrypto.com. It's a new company, NewGenCrypto.com. You can go over there and take a look at what they have to offer. They are, at this moment, the only asset-backed cryptocurrency, I think. There's some others that are backed by software and things like that, but they're going to be backed by precious metals, hemp production, energy. they're going to have an energy coin. It's going to be a cool company. Um, you sign up now. You can sign up for as little as 50 bucks. You'll get a 10% add-on, not a discount, but a 10% additional. So in other words, they gave me 100 new gen coins and then threw in 10%. So I got 110. It was sitting there and already earned 0.35% interest on a daily basis because I wow. out there. That's a really high interest rate. If you get newgencrypto.com now, you can lock that in. So that what that means is after, if you have a hundred new gen coins, after three days, you have 101 and it keeps building like that. Uh, Brooks, I already made 299 bucks over the couple of weeks I've had it in there and not looked at it. I could have taken that out as cash. I chose to roll it in the new new gen crypto. They're going to have a blockchain um, and their own, their own um, exchange is going to be in Lithuania. The blockchain is there. It looks solid. It's a new company. We're just getting started. They sponsored us. Go to newgencrypto.com. Click on watch a video presentation. It's about 17 minutes and you can open an account if you would like to, newgencrypto.com. They are our sponsors. You are wonderful people. If you want to keep connected to Candace Whitelight, you can go to Facebook where I've got a cute picture of Aurora. And you can, I meant to have Frequency of the Earth up there, Candace. I'm sorry. And go to Frequency of the Earth, the <laughs> Candace Whitelight group where you can keep track of all the stuff that Candace is posting about the Schumann residence and all kinds of other cool stuff. It's super awesome. And that's where you can find Candace. Blake, I don't know that I have anything for you. Is is the next level news working or stuff? it's working? I haven't made an update in probably a week, but I will definitely put this show on. I've I've got some stuff that's ready to go. I just haven't uh, jumped in there. Uh, okay, it so it's the next level news. Yeah, nextlevelnews.com where you can pick up all the latest updates from uh, Blake Wally and his his weekly news uh, presentations. Now there's there's a couple weeks ago uh, with Brooks yeah. and uh, the three of us, four of us there. So nextlevelnews.com and if you would like to order some Ivan or Roxy or better yet, just get an X squared radio hat or a mug or something along those lines. You can go to Brooks Agnew. Uh, I moved it up to the top so you don't have to scroll down. It's right yeah, there. dot blog. 
And then uh, you click on the uh, store and go to the store and hit the therapeutic special report and you can pick up your Ivan and Roxy. And Brooks, I do need to get some more Ivan. That's for sure. I'm, uh, I need to get some I of that. I can make so that okay. happen. Okay. Well, I knew that. So I have to give you some money and we'll make that happen. <laughs> and uh, I gave you a couple of other things to look up for your friends. Or, or you can pick up Roxy, Hi, Ivan and Roxy. And it's interesting because, you know, in the discussion about the Cobra water, it was pointed out that for certain, if you take, I think it was, I forget what it was. If you take remdesivir, HCQ is the best treatment. And if you, if you take the jab, ivermectin is the best treatment. It was, it was, I don't know. I don't remember, but uh, they're, they're both important to have. They're both wonder drugs that work wonders. So there we go. All right. Um, now we move to the part that everybody loves the entertainment portion nah. <laughs> and tonight we have a top five which i wow i don't know what i'm going to do i'm going to have to really think about it maybe i'll get ideas from you guys when you talk about it but we're going for the top five spy movies or it could also be a tv show if it's a tv show you can go with that too so the top five spy movies slash tv shows your top five favorites and we've been giving you a little notice on that so I'm going to start with the lady to my left, Candace. I'm putting you on the spot. What's your number five spy movie or TV show of all time? Um, I got a good list, and uh, determining which one is number one is my difficulty. But um, I'm going to start with um, The Manchurian Candidate. Um, okay. That was from 1962, and... Frank Sinatra did a really good job, and it was the topic of the day, which is that people had been put into, um, you know, political positions that were basically bought and paid for by, you know, the the behind-the-scenes shadow government, if you want to put it that way. It um, it really was a classic. It um, you know it it's really good to go back and look at that right now because. Um, the other player was um, um, Lawrence Harvey and Angela Lansbury, who did a really nice job, very famous uh, actors, and they steal the show as the opposing forces that, um, you know, is tearing someone they love apart and mowing down everything in the way, making for the ultimately entertaining Cold War tale. And that's... Yeah. Uh, a very um, good start for this. So a, a Cold War spy thriller. Okay, TV's yeah. Blake Wally. What's your number five spy movie or TV show of all time? That's a tough call. I, I came up with like ten, but oh no wow, it's more than I got. So uh, yes, so it's hard to put them in order. I guess I'm gonna go with number five. I'm just gonna six. I've only seen it once. It was a terrific movie. It, it's um, the lives of others. It's kind of showing what uh, East Germany would, would be like and what things are kind of like, you know, in to some degree wow. in the United States with, with the Patriot Act or NSA spying or Vault 7, CIA. Who knows what people are uh, listening to? So it's, it's kind of one of those like, wow, it's, it's a great movie, but I don't know how many times you want to. It doesn't have the, the replay value because it's disturbing enough. I think it's all in German, too. It's been a while since I've seen it. But it is a very frightening look at. Uh, yep. Yeah, I had not heard That's of this it. film. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. It's a uh, well-reviewed movie, is, is, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. It's so what year, what year is that from? 
Do we know what year that's from? Early 2000s, I'm guessing. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's got high reviews somewhere. but uh, I did not know of that one. All right. Yeah. Dr. Brooks Agnew, what's your number five spy movie or TV show of all time? <laughs> well, uh, I'll start with a, a, a funny one. Uh, but the interesting thing is there was a lot of neat little drops in this movie about clowns and the CIA and trying to get out of the organization and what they do and what they're involved in and everything. And I, But I love the movie. I love Anna Kendrick and I love uh, Sam Rockwell. It's Mr. Right. Mr. Right. It's a, it's a movie about a former CIA assassin who gets a moral code and he decides because people try to hire him as a hitman, he kills the organizations that hire him. <laughs> That's, That's great. Yeah, That's it's, it's really nice. good. Go. I have to watch that. I haven't seen very it. Good. Got a lot of good cue drops in it. It's very interesting. Mm, perfect. Mr. Right. Okay. Well, um, that's interesting. I am going to, as long as I'm uh, up here, uh, I'm going to put in, this actually should be my number one, but it's probably going to be number two, but I just didn't want anybody to get to it before I did. So I'm going to pick it as number five. Uh, the prisoner. It's a, it's a TV show, a British TV show from, um, the 1960s, late 1960s starring, um, Patrick McGowan, who was brilliant in this and it is a story of a spy who tries to resign and he ends up um when he get he you know he resigns from the spy service tries to escape tries to leave town and he ends up and he wakes up and he finds himself in this bizarre village where everybody seems to be playing a part a role in his imprisonment and trying to get him to tell them why he resigned it is incredibly complex it's absolutely fascinating it's the most bizarre show ever and nobody nobody knows the ending except one person michael j michael straczynski who created babylon 5 says that one night over a bunch of beers in the 1990s. And he put, by the way, Patrick McGowan played Edward Longshanks in uh, Braveheart. He, you know, he's oh, fantastic. Yeah. fantastic actor, brilliant writer, director. Braveheart, yeah. Um, yeah. He said one night over beers, a bunch of beers, he got McGowan drunk, and McGowan told him what the whole, he was number six, by the way. He's had a number, he had no name, just a number, number six. I am not a, I am not a number, I am a free man. Um, I think it was... 13 episodes. It's incredibly complex and dense and just fantastic. But McGowan told him the meaning of the whole thing, what it all meant and what it was all about. And I said on Twitter, I said, literally, somebody needs to hold a gun to your head and make you tell the rest of this because nobody knows. Nobody knows what the hell the ending of that show means. But it's fantastic. And uh, good, good, good one to... Uh, Good one to watch. I would. It's actually my number two, but I'm going to call it out now so nobody beats me to it. You are number six. <laughs> you know, who is number one? You are number six. All right, Candace Whitelight, you're number four. You're number four spy show yep. of all time. Well, since you brought up the old uh, Q drops thing, uh, Brooks, I'll I'll just go in with Casino Royale. Um, 
it really was one of my favorite 007 Bond um, films. In fact, I, I would say it was my favorite overall because it took place at a uh, poker game at Casino Royale Montenegro. And uh, this was a an actor that I, I'm not sure how many he played in, uh, but Daniel Craig um I oh, thought yeah. he was an excellent Bond. I mean, I, you know, everybody's seen the other ones and all that, but uh, you know, there there was a lot of context uh, context to this, and I think that we are looking right now at uh, as actually having a Casino Royale situation, which I just mentioned in terms of that we're all in, and this is about you know how a high stakes game of poker is played so and how the cia is backing them oh yeah i get it yeah. it's cool yeah. yep so and this was has been said many times by one in many programs that we're we're in it like um a casino royale moment so that's my number four all right number four so number uh your number four uh, tv's blake wally well, I'm going to stick with the theme here. Um, I'll go also go with James Bond. I really don't know which one to pick. I've seen a lot of them, at least at least half of them. I guess I'm picking GoldenEye. Not for any particular reason. It is a very good one. There are probably better ones. I'm not going to argue about that. But I also made a great video game that was a big in, when I was in college. So GoldenEye. I can't even remember the, the plot exactly. I know it's. Uh, I will. Uh, I, I will tell you. Goldeneye is the first Pierce Brosnan Bond movie made right. and released in 1995. My personal favorite Bond was always Timothy Dalton, but he had made two movies, terrible scripts, and um, didn't want to do it anymore after a four or five year dispute over who owned the rights. So uh, Cubby Broccoli had always wanted Pierce Brosnan to play Bond. So when Dalton said, I'm not doing it anymore, um, they hired Pierce Brosnan to be a James Bond for Goldeneye. I'm trying to find a really good picture. It uh, featured Famke Jansen and um, Sean Bean was the villain. And uh, yeah, there's Famke, Famke Jansen. And, um, and it was about a uh, Russian anti satellite super weapon like a big laser and the plot was is that bond had um actually been friends with a guy named alec trevelyan who was 006 and they were on a mission in russia like 10 years before and uh tried to destroy a chemical weapons plant and bond had set um uh, an explosive to go off and it failed uh he set it actually a timer a minute early and so 006, who he thought had been shot dead, who, but was actually in on the plot with the Russians, got scarred for life because of the explosion and wanted to take out revenge on not only Bond, but on England itself because he was a Lasanne's Cossack family, if he was from that family. And he, you know, all this stuff. And it was a really, really good movie, really great script. All I could think about was, wow, Dalton would have done a fantastic job with this because I always thought that Pierce Brosnan was bland, James Bland. But uh, great movie, great theme song. Bono in the Edge created the theme song, sung by Tina Turner. So, what do you want? In a, what do you want in a Bond movie? 
Great action sequences. Bond steals a Russian tank and drives it through the streets of Leningrad. One of the best Bond scenes ever. Um, Action-packed, super laser, some good fighting. You, although Pierce Brosnan is so skinny, you just can't believe he could ever win a fist fight. With Sean, Sean Bean was a great villain and uh, beautiful girls. Uh, it's like, yeah, I'm with you, Blake. That's one of my favorite Bond movies. And I, I may have to end up in my list. So anyway, uh, Dr. Brooks Agnew, your number four. Uh, of all my number four is a spy movie. It's about spies, but it's also about retired spies. I loved the acting in it. I loved um, uh, setting things right. And it was the movie called The Equalizer. And they, it was oh, so yeah. good they made a sequel of it. Denzel Washington. Okay. Oh, I've seen parts of that. Yeah. yeah, he plays a former CIA guy working in a hardware store, and he's kind of eclectic, you know, helping the little people. And uh, one of the little people gets crossways with the Russian mob, and he takes him out. Nice. Okay, that is good. So I, I'm just going to kind of skip over my number four and just go with Goldeneye as well because I think it's a fantastic Bond movie and I really love it. So we're just going to go with that. So we're going to skip straight to your number three spy film or TV show of all time, Candace Whitelight. Uh-oh. Candace. Oh, me? I'm here. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> just, Sorry I, was I, surprised you. I, I just took, I just took golden eye as my number four. Oh, well. okay. So you, you skipped over. All right. So anyway, let me get to my unit here of reading. Uh, Cause I've got my things written down. Uh, so I'm going to go with my number three is uh, clear and present danger. Yeah. And uh, I really loved this film and Part of it was the context that, uh, you know, that Harrison Ford was in it. So, right. um, you know, it was a, a Tom Clancy novel. And I'll tell you, I read the book after I saw the movie. And it's true, the book was better. But, um, you know, I thought they did a really good job. And this was about the eagle, illegal war that was fought by the U.S. government against the Colombian drug cartels. And you really need to understand the dynamics in those days was very clearly a situation where, you know, the U.S. government was running the drug cartels and, and nobody really knew that. You know, we had gone through these years. Well, I know of, somebody who knew that. I know yeah. somebody who knew that, told me the yep. story. So anyway, yep. go ahead. Well, and that's why this film was pretty, it was almost like a, you know, it was a precessor to really what came later, but it also was a wrap up to what had been going on for years. And um, it, there's some, some sadness in this because, you know, the guy loses his wife and they end up in a, a very bad situation where he is uh, on a job and the the whole situation goes, you know, downhill and he has to go out of contact. And then there's, uh, you know, some scenes of uh, real sheer terror about, um, you know, the wife back home because they start to knock down her door. And there's, you know, uh, it really was affecting the families. And, and this really hits home because I know what people are going through right now um, is really very close in terms of that parallel, uh, because 
the it's like families like General Flynn's that have been attacked and, you know, for trying to come up and do good. And then the deep state goes out and, and takes your family down. And uh, this is how evil they are. And if everybody could think about it for a second, that we've seen it in the movies and it's now playing out in real time. Yep. I just hope we don't get to some of all fears, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Um, okay. Blake, you're number three. Number three. three. I think I, I mentioned two. this actually a couple of weeks ago, uh, not specifically for the movie, but for the actor. So I'm going to pick it again. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That's with Sam Rockwell. It's okay. written by Charlie Kaufman. I think one of the great uh, writers in Hollywood also did TV. George Clooney was the director. So he plays uh, Chuck Barris, the uh, the old uh, game show host. So he's on a dating show, and allegedly he was in the CIA. And when the dating show, the contestants that won, they would go to certain locations. And then uh, Chuck Barris, the game show host, would make assassinations at these locations, allegedly. I mean, it, it could be real. I don't know. But it is one of the most underrated movies you'll see. People should definitely go check that out if you haven't. It is terrific. It's probably true. It probably is true. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brooks, you're number three. I'm going to have to go with Anna Kendrick again, this time with Ben Affleck. I loved the movie The Accountant. The acting was good. Oh, the storyline was, was fantastic. The music yeah. was amazing. And yeah. the chemistry between Affleck and Kendrick was off the, off the scale. They were, he, he plays this autistic kid who grows up to be a numbers freak, an accountant. And he, is, he becomes an accountant for, for criminals to find their leaks, you know, where their money's going because they, they want to find it. So he finds it. And then they try to kill him, and he kills them. It's and wow. his brother ends up turning out to be his baddest enemy ever. They they circle back around from when they were kids. It's really really a well done movie. Okay, uh, J.K. Simmons in it. It's just good. J.K. Simmons, yeah, good. Okay, that is good. That's a good choice. Okay, I am going to give you one that will surprise you. It's from the nineties, I believe. And it's a it's actually also a George Clooney movie, and it's called The Peacemaker. Oh yeah. And it stars yeah. also Nicole Kidman. I didn't even think of that. And there is a Russian spy sent over by the KGB to start World War III by detonating a nuclear bomb, I believe, in Washington, DC. And um, that particular Russian agent, Joanna Cassidy's also in it. She's excellent. Nicole Kidman's good back when she still, her face still moved. George Clooney is good. And, um, and uh, the Russian spy who's sent over to, to put the nuke together and detonate it is Pierce Brosnan, who we just mentioned. So uh, that reminded me of that. It's a great movie. That's my number three. Check it out. You, you will enjoy it. It's like, it's, it's a, good two-hour spy movie that you will just really enjoy all right back i didn't to you, say Candace. circle back i said oh yeah oh yeah okay i would all never right. say circle back i know what a circle fly is right 
Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to go through this kind of quickly, but uh, this is another cueism, and I got to bring that out because I think we got one of the greatest organizations that, of all mankind, the Great Awakening, in the Q team. And um, one of the things they have talked about is the hunt for Red October. Um, it is a excellent Sean Connery. Uh, visionary vehicle and it all takes place in the bowels of a submarine and it is about the Soviets who created a new nuclear sub that runs silent which is uh, the whole silent running thing and there's bunches of memes bunches of you know shows out there and, uh, and star the Star Trek episode where the Romulans have a cloaking device I'm like I'm like oh I see what <laughs> the idea which is right there from, yeah. from run silent run deep but anyway yeah yeah, so it's um, it's and it's due to a revolutionary propulsion system, right. which um, you know is really kind of um, it, it's the way of the world that it will come back eventually someday, and we'll have cars that make no noise. You know, um, same sort of uh, they call it a push um, mechanical system, and yeah. it uh, it's kind of like Tesla and kind of like you know. Uh, well, and it, it is call it a mag drive it uses mag, mag drive yeah moves mm -hmm. the water yep. yeah in the film in the film they called it a caterpillar drive so yeah there you go yeah so great movie. Yeah. i always yep. it's one of those movies candace that you whenever it's on i just start watching it like the godfather i just keep watching it i can't stop yeah it is and it and it's compelling in terms of that you know there's the high drama because the um, the captain defects uh, with the goal of taking the whole sub to the U.S. to prevent the uh, uh, Russians from using the sub to wreck uh, a nuclear missile uh, site against the U.S. So there's, you know, it, it, it's really twist and turns and high tech, and it's just got all elements. So I'm going to go with that, and I'm also going to say rig for red, everyone, because that is where we're at right now, and that has to do with what you do before you surface a sub is you turn all the lights to red so that when you get up above the water, you can look out and see things clearly because the eyes need to adjust to a warmer light than what is used underwater. And that is uh, why they say rig for red because they bring in the ultraviolet rays instead of the... Um, you know the the warmer rays, so it's uh, it's really an interesting uh, movie, and it also has a lot of stuff that's going on that has been brought forward to our time right now. Yep, yep, and that is based on actually a real incident. There was a there was a Russian sub yes. supposedly had a yep. fire on board that was sort of picked up by the Americans, and and a lot of people think that you know. Somebody told Clancy the real story, and that's what he put in the movie. So, uh, yeah. fascinating, fascinating incident. Uh, the Kevin Costner movie was No Way Out. Sean Young and Gene Hackman were the co-stars. That's an excellent movie. I met Sean Young at uh, the W Hotel in Hollywood about 10 years ago. She is batshit crazy, but she's still pretty. <laughs> so, um, all right. Um, and also, I'm going to skip ahead and just say my number two is also The Hunt for Red October spy movie you stole you stole my thunder again candace yeah. uh blake what is your number two uh, of all time two. i'm gonna switch gears i'm gonna make a go something comedy i'm gonna do uh austin powers and i'm gonna go <laughs> yeah. spy who shagged me 
was going on with Heather Graham because I had such a crush on her oh. at the time. So but, cute. Uh, just really incredibly funny movie anyway. And just all the different uh, gags. Good writing. Like really good writing. And, and yeah, the scene perfect. the scene where they just keep picking up grapefruits and like like she's back behind him. Uh, no, maybe that's a different yeah, one. Maybe that's Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. That's the sequel where they keep they keep yeah. like things just keep appearing appearing in front of their body parts so you can't see you're naked. That that was hilarious. Yeah. Great. Both movies were great. Third, well, three of them. There's three the third one was a little bit weird, but yeah. Lame. Was, yeah. Anyway. Pretty good trilogy anyway. Um Brooks, your number two spy movie of all time. Okay, my number one, or number two and number one were both TV shows that turned out to be uh, great, great movies. My number two is Mission Impossible. I always loved it as a TV show. Tom Cruise does his own stunts. He takes acting very seriously. They like the look on his face when he's, you know, making his dives or jumping out a window or jumping yeah. out an airplane or a helicopter. He's just a really good actor and he does that role very, very well. And I like yeah. the Mission Impossible movie. Uh, I think it's a great Ethan spy Hunt. movie because of his ability to to impersonate other people and the fighting and the stunts and the music. It's just really, really well done. So Mission Impossible. You know, I don't know if this is true, but I heard for the the one of the movies where he is stuck on the outside of an airplane that they actually strapped him to an airplane and took yeah. off with him. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's a lie, but holy shit, talk about being committed to your craft if that's true. I yeah. there's no way you would ever do that to me. There's not a chance. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, yeah, and that's how you know he doesn't have a toupee either because uh, look at that shit. That's that's some real stuff. That's some real stuff. Okay, uh, again, my number two is The Hunt for Red October. Candice, your number one spy movie of all time. Spy movie or TV uh, This is an unusual one uh, because the spy comp um, components were all done in dream time. <laughs> and I, I just, I've seen it. I have it on CD. And believe me, there are nights when I just go, I've got to watch this movie again. Because you see more every time you look at it. And it's called Inception. Oh, um, it yeah. was done, yeah, in 2010. And uh, basically, it is a, you know, action adventure spy thriller. And its storyline is, is basically that um, the chief character, which is, of course, is Leonardo DiCaprio, um, manages uh, a team that ends up being able to uh, literally go into dream time in a, a room someplace, and then they're able to travel and appear in other elements that, uh, you know, like um, uh, they take it into a situation where they're, they're actually, uh, you know, going against a very high money roller, a man who's very wealthy, and his son gets involved and it's, it's really about um, human, uh, you know, technology and the ability of our minds to uh, explore dream time and to actually then do some very amazing things. And, and this, you know, Christopher Nolan is probably one of the best directors of all times in terms of bringing this kind of uh, technology into play where they're literally talking about something called the jump and the... Um, you know, they they end up using drugs actually to solicit that brainwave state 
And then as the person goes down into deeper sleep, they're able to access actually not only people, but things and guns and, you know, everything that you need to, to create a, an incident. And uh, it's just very compelling. And I think that uh, the uh, Hans Zimmer did an incredible uh, oh, yeah. track on it. And, um, you know, it's worth listening to on its own merits. And uh, yeah, the music and is phenomenal. It is. And that's, um, you know, uh, again, it just hits on all cylinders. And I believe that, you know, as far as spy movies, it has all of the elements in it because, you know, it uh, it's a psychological programming. It's a, um, you know, it has to do with uh, one something that we consider our most dangerous weapon and our most valuable asset, and that's our mind. So number well, one I, is inspection. I, I thought it was interesting because it brought uh, to the screen something that I've experienced before, and that is falling asleep in a dream mm -hmm. and then dreaming in the dream and then wake up from the first dream but you're in the the primary dream you're yes. still not awake and you have to tell yourself wake up wake up and you can't do it because you're still in the dream yeah yeah and it's you know they i did a lot of astral travel when i was younger and it actually really does feel like that it's where you almost gets what they call sleep paralysis. And uh, it's, a, it's a state where you actually can feel the pulsations going through your body, and then you literally leave your body. And there are people, uh, Robert Monroe, who did a lot of studies on this and wrote books. And, and basically kind of, you know, I believe that part of that sort of theory and the fact that it was used by Christopher Nolan as a technique, you know, with, uh, like you say, where it happens to people, they, they can really relate to it. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those dramas that includes also a love element because, you know, Jack and his wife are, are off in their make-believe land and they end up getting kind of stuck there. And this is where, you know, the dream became so real that they, you know, had children and they created a town and they had things to, and it was all in their minds. It's just, it's astonishing. So, yeah. All right. Um, TV's Blake Wally, your number one spy film or television show of all time. Yeah, that's a good call on that. Yeah, Christopher Nolan, crazy genius. That's the movie is terrific, but you you have to watch it more than once to go like, well, how did I miss that? Because I watched it at the theater and I'm like, this is awesome, but there's so many parts I'm missing, so I couldn't yeah. come out on video again, so I can rewatch it and go, oh, this is what's going on because it's that deep. But um, number one again, I'm gonna go with uh, the comedy element. I'm going way back. Probably the movie I've seen more than any. And there's there's so many movies, and everyone in the audience is bringing up good stuff. There's stuff I haven't even seen yet. There's so many honorable mentions. I'm like, oh man, there's so many I could have put uh, at different angles. But number one, uh, one I just watched over and over again as a kid on VHS. Saw it at the theater, of course. Another comedy that'd be Spies Like Us with uh, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. Probably a goofy movie, but I thought it was hysterical as a kid, and I still could watch it to this day. I've probably seen it more than any other spy movie I have on my list, so I will go with that. 1984, I believe, so the classic Spies Like Us. Again, against the Russians. 
Let's see. Oh, there we go. <laughs> mm. Yep. Sorry, there was a girl that was in the movie at the end that Dan Aykroyd ended up marrying. She became his wife. So wow. A, yeah, there was a there's a scene where this girl comes out in, in her uh, underwear out of this Russian tent in the middle of the snowstorm, and, and it was hilarious. Yeah, I got it. Uh, I I I hear you. That was a great one. That was a great one, Blake. Okay, uh, Brooks, your number one spy movie. And again, it's Easter. Why didn't we do religious movies? <laughs> like, what am, I, what am I thinking? But anyway. We'll do that next week, a week after Easter. All right, uh, Brooks. My number one, one again, was a great TV series. I watched every episode. I loved it. I loved the music. I loved the storylines. Everything was cool about it. And then they made a movie, and I am a huge Alicia Vikander fan mm -hmm. and Henry Cavill. It's a movie, Man from Uncle. I really oh, yeah. liked it. It was a good I'm show, surprised. and I did not see the movie. Brooke, I, Brooks, I, I didn't mention one of the, my movies that was going to be on my top five because I thought you were definitely going to say it because you'd said it a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I think Alicia Vikander is so talented. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. so sexy and she's so good. And she's a hard body anyway. She's a huge athlete and she's just, she just really, really does a good job in this movie. And it's, uh, yeah, it was a classic TV series. It was basically they're trying to put James Bond on TV with Robert Culp was the star of the man. Yeah, Robert Culp. Uh, I can remember uh, David something was his uh, Russian. David, Ilya Kiryakin was his name. Yeah, was it David McCallum? David McCallum. No, yeah. David McCallum? That might have been David McCallum, yeah. yeah. Ilya uh, Kiryakin. Yeah. Terrific TV actors. There's actually an episode of that. This is hilarious. There's an episode of that show where there there's a cocktail party where William Shatner plays a guy who's had a little bit too much to drink and he's flirting with all the women and he's getting out of hand. And so they bring in the security guy to take him by the scruff and drag him out of the party. And it's Leonard Nimoy. Absolutely hilarious to watch that clip. So that's a, that's a great, that was a great show back in the There were a lot of okay. stars in that series. Uh-huh. A lot of people showed up later on. Yeah. Started. Um, from Russia with Love, yeah, Man from Uncle, The Born Identity. I didn't really like the Born films very much, to be honest with you. I just don't. I just don't think that uh, what's his name uh, is a very good actor. Matt, so. Matt Damon. Yep. Matt, Matt Damon. Um, but my number one, Candice, you already stole my thunder, is uh, absolutely the James Bond film, Casino Royale. It's the best Bond movie, I think, by leaps and bounds. It is. Uh, the action sequences are incredible. The writing is terrific. The acting is phenomenal. The chemistry between um, between Daniel Craig and Eva Green, she's the Bond girl she plays, yep. Vesper Lind, is just extraordinary. And the resonance that they created in this carries through all five or six of, of the Bond movies. And I mean, I, you know, Eva Green, to me, not only is she a terrific actress, she's absolutely fucking breathtaking from as far as i'm concerned i mean just you know you see her in this cocktail dress and and you can see why bond absolutely fell for her she turned out to be to betray him she turned out to be a spy she died but but the resonance and the impact of this relationship that bond has with Vesper Lynn carries all the way through. Carries the through, yeah. The carries film, through. No time to die. There's still a Vesper Lynn aspect to it, and and her involvement with Spectre and all this stuff. And it's like they're gonna have a really hard time rebooting the James Bond films now because they kind of carried it through 
um, with the, with the Craig movies. I, I thought the last movie was a little woke, a little overly woke. But um, in that film, the action sequences where they're they're the plant, you know, the the A three thirty, A three eighty is trying to take off, and there there's that action sequence. And again, the uh, the fight scenes are fantastic. The poker game, as Candace points out, the villain is the chief, is played by um, Mads Mikkelsen, is fantastic. Yeah, Mads is amazing. Eva Green is fantastic, too? beautiful. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What's that? Was he in Inception too? Casino Royale. I forget the actor. I don't know if Matt Mickelson was in Inception. Matt Mickelson is another guy. I can't remember think of his name. Oh, the but, bad guy um, in Casino Royale. Wasn't he Inception too? Well, that was Matt Mickelson, so I don't oh, know. Oh, Okay, so I didn't know his name. Sorry. Yeah. But um, I just, you know, that's the best Bond movie of all time, That which makes it the best spy movie of all time as far as I'm concerned. Just off the hook, the dialogue, the writing, the acting. Um and, and just how Craig, you know, what I liked about Timothy Dalton was the same thing I liked about Daniel Craig. He wanted to make it more realistic and less of a cartoon. And it was just like, wow, that was just really incredible stuff. So that's my favorite spy movie of all time. You can't go wrong with any of the films on this list. Uh, watch them and let us know what you think next week. We should have done religious movies, but we didn't. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up. Anybody have any final thoughts before we head out for our Saturday evening? Well, in a few hours, uh, we celebrate the the rising of the Savior. So I would uh, keep that in mind, that the uh, resurrection is the one thing that only one being in the universe could write into the Akashic Record, and that was the Son of God. He made it possible for all of us. Wonderfully stated. Candace, any final thoughts before we head off tonight? Yeah, that that's just uh, really the point here that uh, we all can come to is that uh, we owe our very salvation on Lord Jesus Christ. He died for our sins. He bled on the cross. He was cruci crucified, and then he was resurrected. And Christos Anesti is what we say in the Greek, and Greek Easter is one week from tomorrow. And um, I want to remind everybody that there is a difference between the two holidays. Uh, one of them is, uh, takes place at the beginning of Passover and the other one at the end of Passover. And there's a good reason for that because the two dates are never the same. And that's because of the process that, well, and it is, you know, there's a good reason for this. Um, I was um, in the Greek church and I learned it you know, from firsthand. And um, it's because they believe in a, a tradition called, uh, um, you know, where you crack an egg and then you say, which is like, he is risen, he is truly risen. And that is because the dates conform with a different calendar. And uh, so it's, it's really a, a wonderful day, no matter when you celebrate it. And it also is, synchronous to a holiday called Beltane, which is a uh, Celtic holiday that basically is a spring festival. And it's a, you know, it's a, a rite of, um, of basically uh, the spring maidens and the um, sexual act. And uh, of course, it's, you know, considered not so popular these days, but uh, we do use the eggs 
as a indicator of the springtime because this is when um, chickens start to lay their eggs again. So you can go into the market and get fresh eggs. Or if you buy eggs locally, cook something with a lot of eggs in it and then uh, get green eggs that are already colored so you don't have to use dye. <laughs> Amazingly enough, that's really how the tradition came to be. So, um, And don't buy any bunny rabbits because they get big and they are very dirty to keep in the house. So, <laughs> Great, great T-shirt, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great show. Great, great conference to go to. Really, really happy to do that. Uh, Blake, any final thoughts on this Easter Saturday? Uh, I guess one thing, Brooks, I totally thought you were going to say any of the state for your number one. So I didn't steal your thunder, but uh, <laughs> I, like I had it written down. I had it written down. Ah, okay. A lot of honorable mentions. I won't get into it. All I'll say is I'm not the most religious guy. I did go to Catholic school. Uh, one of the things I, I really I watched today, and I don't know if it's going to be on the, the Bible on the History Channel. What four years of Catholic school just didn't do anything for me, but I watched the Bible. If people watch that, I think that is just an outstanding series. It gave me a whole new kind of look and respect for um, just for, for Jesus, the whole story of Jesus and the, the, the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. There's so much good stuff in there. I would encourage anybody that hasn't seen that to watch that. Outside of that, that's really all I have. Otherwise, yeah, happy to everybody, whatever you're celebrating. Happy Easter to everyone. Yep. Have a great one. Uh, there is something tragic about tomorrow, though, which means that uh, next week they're going to pull all the Butterfinger Easter eggs from the store, which means oh. there won't be any more for a year. Mm. And those are the best little candies I've ever had in my life. But I don't need any more. I don't need my blood sugar to see that. <laughs> so uh, that's bad. And, uh, yeah, also I was going to recommend an original series Star Trek episode called Bread and Circuses, which played last night. The Enterprise goes to a uh, planet where the Roman Empire never fell, and it's the 20th century. And it has a very – it has, first of all, some terrific acting, terrific writing. But there's a great – the ending is a – Big surprise. It fits in with the concept of Easter very, very well. And there's probably the best Spock McCoy scene ever in the entire series. So if you get a chance to pick that up on streaming, go watch that. Yeah, it'll also put you in an Easter mood. So that's my recommendation for that. Thanks to everybody for being here. Thanks to everybody over on the Rumble side. We love you. For Dr. Brooks Agnew, TV's Blake Wally and Candace Whitelight, I'm Mike Barra. I'm going to say goodnight. I'll be back with Jen on Monday to talk about the news update. Everybody have oh, a wonderful week. Thank you. Thank you. Blessings. Good night. Bye. Night.